Welcome back to the Wiki Mama Takeover with me, Susie Lodge, founder of Wiki Place of the Kids and the Wiki Mama Network. I'm here today with the lovely Kirsty Watson, a local author in Milton Keynes, who has had massive success with her children's books um, and has actually just released this brand new one called Petal and Nettle and the Best Story Ever. Um, she's joining us here today um, to tell us all about her latest book and also the books that she's had in the past, which have created these amazing Amazon best-selling lists. Um, and we're going to talk about all of her history and oh, everything that sort of led to becoming an author. Um, and also she is a mum of two two um, and she is also amongst the rest of us who are facing the holidays in a record time is literally coming at, at us at speed now um, so we're going to be talking about all things holidays as well while we're here so thank you again for joining us Kirsty. oh it's great to be here thanks it, for having me it's so lovely having you um so we were just talking about off air um all of your um books and and the history so we were talking about um the witch's cat and the cooking catastrophe yep. being one of your major successes um so tell us again a little bit about the success around that one and then we're going to go backwards and talk about more about how you've even got to building this sure okay so my first book the witch's cat and the cooking catastrophe um i launched in 2018 um i went down the indie author route so self-publishing um for many reasons but actually i'm really glad that i did um and perhaps we can talk a bit more about that in a little while um i didn't have uh any success with it until 2020 when i really started to get into selling on amazon and learning how to sell on amazon and learning how to use amazon advertising and things um which spurred, uh, it gave me the bug basically for self-publishing and I published a second book called Pirate Mouse which um, we were saying before was a bit of a flop Um, and at that point I could have quite happily given up to be honest it was a really, at the time it was such a disappointment I thought that I could replicate the formula of the first book and do the same thing again Um, but much harder and I could have given up but I just at that point felt like I needed to con- I needed to give myself the the chance and and to just carry on. So I did. I didn't give up. I think the new book that's coming out now is number eleven. It's amazing, though, um, isn't it? Yeah, I I've as got, in as in book number eleven that you've written. Yeah, book uh, number eleven. That's yeah. incredible. How have you even got time as a mum of two to write? Like, where do you uh, how how do you fit that in? writing's probably the easiest bit for me in a way um and it's the bit that I never get enough time to do I spend most of my time um working with the illustrator designing the book um and then on the marketing side of things once it's published it seems to be probably 90% of my time um and I mean it's one of the big pros of it's ended up being my full-time job and one of the good things about that is that it is truly flexible mm-hmm. it does fit around the children um the downside of it is that it is truly flexible and it fits around the children and their <laughs> gazillions of activities and sometimes yeah. it ends up taking a bit of a backseat. Mm-hmm. um and I sort of feel like I'm always battling to give it the time that it needs and deserves yeah um it's I what I'm really interested to, to talk about here is, um, I suppose, I'm not. I think loads of us would love to be an author. It would, like, I would love at some point before my days are out to have author as part of my title, podcaster, radio host, yeah. author. Yay! <laughs> it's a natural progression. Like, yeah, it feels like you've made it. Um, and 
but it's one of those things where, where you have uh, when you have children you think think well the day the time that you've got available is the time when they're at school but being it's such a creative thing how can you um can you force yourself to be creative during school hours is kind of what I'm asking like yeah. do you get writer's block like how do, how does it come to you like does the idea just flow like when you're out for a walk how does it happen for you I have a little note section on my phone where any ideas that crop up at any point get jotted down in mm. there and I I'm kind of always thinking about it I'm always my eyes are open my eyes and ears are open all the time looking for inspiration Mm. it's everywhere Um, and when I sit down I think the key to overcoming any kind of block for me is just sitting down and doing it yeah Um, and I promise myself I'll do at least five minutes anybody can sit down for five minutes in the day yeah and I promise myself I'm going to do it for five minutes and then invariably then I get into it and I spend longer than five minutes doing it um yeah the key is to just sit down and get it down it doesn't have to be perfect and I think that's what lots of people struggle with is you think that when you start writing it's just gonna flow and be perfect um sometimes it is sometimes it isn't and that's totally fine and um we just said in the in the previous segment and sorry to anybody that's listening live but i've had to um have a little bit of a recap here only because i technically uh, had a bit of a fail and i forgot to press the record for my podcast (laughs) so that is why we're doing a bit of a repeat but in the first segment you um mentioned that the inspiration for your current um the book that you're launching right now that actually came from a comment or a review that was left yeah yeah it was just that 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 was the initial inspiration someone had written in one of my reviews that um it's it would be easy to write a children's story how hard can it be kind of thing i forget the exact wording um but i thought it's not as easy as you think um and so it was the initial inspiration for the story but then i also wanted to make it seem achievable for children so um the the idea is that the character's trying to write the best story ever but finds it very difficult for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the narrative, um, I basically weave in how the, the various elements that you need in a story. So I'm really hoping that actually the book can be used, particularly in school and things, yeah. um, to help children uh, with their creative writing and plan and write stories. That's lovely. Um, and again, this is a recap for anybody listening live, but um, we did just mention that your your remit within um, you know being an author is not just to write your own books, but actually that is such a lovely thing that you're encouraging and supporting children to be able to get into writing and writing their own stories, but also you're helping other budding authors, um, adults who are trying to publish, you know, or... Or, or just in that starting that journey of, of, of starting to write that's something that you're really into supporting as well absolutely two of my most favorite things to do number one is visiting schools and doing school visits and inspiring children to get reading and writing um i just absolutely adore doing that um secondly is um as i mentioned earlier i wish two or three years ago that i'd had a mentor that i could have asked questions of and mm-hmm. helped guide me through um, a fairly complicated process to um, not just publishing a book but actually get it to sell and to make some money from selling it um, so I like to give that back and I'd, I would get lots of questions from people on social media so I, I set up um, you, uh, one at power, power hours with me you can book an hour wherever you are in the journey um, whether it's right at the beginning and you're not really sure um, 
what you're doing to you're just stuck somewhere in the middle um i like to help i offer my experience but what i really like to do is empower people to do it themselves mm-hmm. it's amazing you were talking a while back at one of our uh, meetups about community groups or kind of like a group setting as well is that something that's in the pipelines or yeah something's we, already started we had a bit of a soft launch for that um i want to say back in march yeah um i just put a note in some local facebook groups to see if there were any other children's authors um because i felt quite isolated and alone really mm-hmm. um the last few years working <laughs> anybody on out there? yeah anybody there <laughs> and um to my surprise there were a number of people out there whether they were at the beginning and they sort of their dream was to publish a children's book through to people that had actually already published so we've had one meeting face to face um but uh, there's been a lot going on in the last few months for me so i've not been great at, at, at keeping that going and i'm hoping actually we could maybe squeeze in one last meeting before the summer holidays before it becomes quite tricky for lots of us crikey that's eight days um, away <laughs> but yeah yeah but it's coming along isn't it yeah um but we just we, we, when we met last uh i think it was the end of march beginning of april something like that it was very informal we just sat down with a coffee chatted about children's books and um, it was really lovely. Mm, so is that for anybody that is, wants to publish for themselves? They can, anybody yeah, is welcome. Absolutely. Is it a paid for group or is it just a no, meet up? Just a meet up, informal yeah. meet up. Um, we met first out of, out of office coffee, mm-hmm. um, uh, but we'll probably move around to different locations depending on how many people want to come. Um, and I might set a bit of a theme once we get going and we've got more people in the group, a theme for each session that we can focus on. Yeah. Um, that's lovely um, and um, I don't, basically you heard it here first if you want to join Kirsty for any of these uh, meetups then definitely get in touch with Kirsty and she'll give us all of her details at the end but what we also spoke about in the first segment was just her sort of she hit a you hit a, a winning formula with the witch's cat and the cooking catastrophe with the KDP with setting up the Amazon profile so that it really sort of va va um, you ended up did you say at number three um on the yeah on the so, list and then um the witch's cat was number one for months one. and months for over a year months and months um it used to win um camp amazon all-star bonuses every month as it's well um, for the yeah. page reads it did it did really really well it was in for a long time the top 300 books of all books on amazon uk which is millions um so it it did really really well um and it still continues to yeah um and i've got a few standalone standalone books in um but i'm building the series for the witch's cat so there's a second book in that series called the witch's cat and the broomstick blunder mm-hmm. and there's a new one coming out in time for halloween this year because it always seems to do really well around halloween called the witch's cat and the trouble with tidying up which if you've got young children I'm sure you can sympathise. There's always trouble with tidying up. 100%. Mine, uh, mine have. My little witch's cats have trouble tidying up. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah, a universal problem. Um, so, I mean, these groups sound great, you know, and I'm all about connection and meetups and groups. So I think this sounds really good. Um, and to anybody out there who's looking to publish and is interested in self-publishing especially, sounds like one of these meetups would be a really good place to start and mm-hmm. come along and just have a chat with other people who are in the same boat. But then also your power hours sound perfect to get really deep diving into how that person can really um, sort of kickstart their own publishing yeah, publishing journey. Absolutely. Um, so we... We started this segment off with um, Jumping Jack Flash. Tell us about that song. Um, 
I'm just a big Rolling Stones fan and have been for a long time. I think it was, I got that from my dad. Um, so it's one of those, um, yeah, bands that I just love and was lucky enough to see them quite a few years ago at the Isle of Wight Festival. Um, so, yeah, when you asked me to choose some of my favourite songs, um, that came up number one, I think, on the on the list. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Good song. Um, we're now going to listen to Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Any reason for this one? Uh, well, I actually saw them at the weekend. I went to a music festival in Madrid. Wow. Um, they're one of my all-time favourite oh. bands. So it was a bit of a sort of lifelong dream to see them live. So it's still fresh in my mind. And they played this tune um, amazingly, so I couldn't not have this one on the list. Amazing. Right, we'll be back after this. read through that's topical (laughs) um so welcome back we're here with Kirsty watson our local celebrity author and amazon bestseller um we were just talking in the break there about um the holidays coming up and um i actually given that i am the wiki mama and all supposedly all singing or dancing about days out i'll be completely honest with everybody or everyone listeners um i have no plans and I'm panicking a bit because I feel like I am running towards the end of this term at a kind of a thousand miles an hour. I'm going to smash into um, this uh, next Friday, which is their first day off um, at about a thousand miles an hour um, and crash into that wall. Um, but I'm, I think one of the reasons that I'm kind of stalling on making plans for days out and things like that is because we have... Um, we have two fixed plans to go to festivals um, over the ho- over the holidays. So we're going to um, Camp Festival in the first week, and then we're going to somewhere called Wild Canvas, um, which is just outside of Oni for any local listeners. Um, it looks absolutely awesome. Um, it's literally a festival that's only available, um, only available, but only open throughout the whole of um, August. Um, so it's actually quite long in terms of festival, but it's kind of camping, but with a festival vibe rather than festival with a festival with camping. My husband found it when he was searching for camping opportunities um, and he found this and it looks brilliant. So um, that one, where do you live? Uh, Milton Keynes. You're Milton Keynes. So Oni's actually reasonably close. You were saying that you went to a festival last weekend. Last weekend in Madrid. Oh, in Madrid. Check you going to Madrid for a festival. Somebody else organised it. I can't take credit for that. Um, I just tagged along. Um, And it was because it was Madrid and it was really hot. It was, uh, it didn't really kick off until sort of 7pm in the evening. So there was the odd child there, but there also wasn't camping. Yeah. Uh, which is unusual for a festival. Mm. Um, and there were challenges with about 80,000 people leaving the event at the same time. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we were looking for something a bit more family-friendly in the UK. They all love camping. Camping's not my favourite, but I'm prepared to do it for yeah. the overall enjoyment of the family. Ugh, camping's not my favourite either. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but the kids do like it. And I think these the festivals that we're going to seem just amazing from a family-friendly perspective. So Camp Festival is apparently the UK is literally the, the, the best family festival that you can go to. Um, it's for... I think we're going from 27th through to the 31st. Um, there is just an amazing lineup. Mel C., Sam Ryder, Craig David, um, Utah Saints. I mean, I can't even think now. It's on my stories, anybody who wants to look, quickly go and have a look. Um, but looks absolutely amazing, and there are still tickets available. Um, and I'm re- really excited to go to that. And as I was saying, this wild canvas. So that one is all the way through August. But what's lovely about it, they've got lots of activities that you can do um, for the children, but also lots of activities for the adults. So there's a lovely river setting that it's sort of next door to. So I'm going to go 
paddle boarding while I'm there, maybe do a bit of river swimming. Um, they've got things like basket weaving and like okay. lovely things like that. Um, and for the children, they've got lots of activities, things for them to do. Oh, there's yoga for the, for the adults as well. So it just sounds really, really lovely. And the other one that I'm considering um, is Glowworm Festival. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't heard of that one, no. So that one sounds absolutely amazing for even... for quite young children so they're going to have lots of active uh, I mean yours are 11 and 8 so this actually might be slightly pitched too young for them but mm. for my age Lily sort of four years old I think this could be ideal they've got Bing and Bluey and uh, the, all the CBeebies <laughs> characters um they've got um Paw Patrol there you know they've got loads and loads of, of um sort of more children's character like cartoon character type uh, mm. and they've got a lineup of singers and I think um my, our, our friend um Nigel um, Nigel from CBeebies is going to be there he's lovely Nigel Clark um, so his name is not coming off the tip of my tongue just then um, <laughs> so from a family festival point of view there are obviously loads but um, so is that something you might tap into this summer Perhaps I'm going to go check out the ones that you've mentioned actually yeah. um, this afternoon because I am in um, planning mode um, like you um, I, although I only started this morning which is so it's quite topical trying to line up different clubs and things so mm-hmm. that they can go with their friends um, and but despite I'm yet to book anything despite that Mm. I've just got like a big sheet of paper with scribbles all over it at the minute yeah will you do some days out do you think um to different places as well yeah in between the the clubs and the camps yeah definitely um anything in mind I've promised a theme park but now I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be too busy and maybe we'll have to splash out on some queue jumping passes or something yeah that's the thing Um, um I mean from a children's point of view I think um, or a young children's point of view, I do think that Thorpe Park and Chessington are brilliant for that yeah. kind of age group. Um, sometimes, I mean, eleven and eight are they quite? Are they quite raring to go and quite adrenaline hungry kids? They are. Or, uh, all, uh, I, I grew up not having anyone to go on the rides with. Same. Me, are you so. an only child? No, but my brother was just a wimp. Oh, <laughs> I'm an so child. my mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, um, mine so. would just stand at the bottom and I had to queue on my yeah. own. It was, also, oh. yeah, I remember that very well, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> So would yours be into things like Alton Towers then? Yeah, and some I'm, of those? Des- I'm desperate to go to Alton Towers. I've been waiting until they're definitely big enough to go on the yes. big rides because I think, especially the big one, will definitely be up for it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, brilliant. And what about things like um, some of the, like, the less expensive things? Would you maybe take a trip to the beach or what do you, What might yeah, you do? Yeah, we love a little beach trip. Last time we went over to Old Hunstanton. Yes, at Norfolk. Um, yeah, in because we've got a little dog she loves the beach too so we're limited in that we like to find a dog friendly beach yep. that one is um but it just means you can't go to the bit with all the rides and everything mm-hmm. um so yeah we love a little trip over to the beach it's lovely isn't it yeah no it's so lovely i mean especially those norfolk beaches they're just like stretch on for miles don't they just gorgeous at the normandy landings yeah <laughs> it's yeah. amazing um so i think that um for us we're going to do a few days out as well and i think last week i talked about it but we we just mentioned it as well that kind of pack mentality so i'm looking for other friends that want to come with us on some of these days out and i think we might do um we're going to do things like hogshaw farm which is local and i think jacob's going to go to the point blank camp there which looks incredible they do things like um build their own camps uh, campfires sorry they're going to do karting they kind of do this kind of orienteering sort of stuff they do axe throwing that will just so that's that sounds amazing yeah so that as well perfect for your age group if you've got um two girls or um, a boy and a girl boy and a girl yeah yes um so 
you know that sounds right up their kind of street mm-hmm. as well um really kind of hands-on away from screens really physical and um, that is a full day event as well and they're um uh, it's about 50 pounds which sounds like a lot but actually it's a long day for um for parents that can't kind of get out of you know a lot of camps they finish at three o'clock or they finish yeah. early and you have to provide your own lunch whereas everything is all in oh wow so that's really good so it's just yeah. sort of done um so i definitely think we're going to do that um i'm quite keen also to head over to um uh, rumble live action gaming so which is basically like laser tag in the woods oh wow i've not heard of that either it's, it's i've not been spending enough time on wiki places well absolutely yeah. yes i'm getting the sense that you need to yeah. visit my website um so there's lots of things anyway we I, I just need to get it all planned in um oh millet's farm also invited us they've got this new kind of golf um uh, I guess like it's a mini golf thing that they've got there um, which I think Jacob will like he's nine so um, anyway so that's that's Millet's Farm which is what they used to be attached to Frosts but they're not anymore they're kind ah, of independent okay. um, I can't exactly remember where they are but yeah is that the over Bedford way I think it yes. is yeah so I need to uh, basically I still need to do lots of planning but I just feel like I haven't had the chance, like the headspace yet to do mm. any of that planning and get those things in, which, you know, is very unlike me. Normally by now, I know exactly what we're doing. But as, as well, something I'm not going to do this year, which is something I've done a lot in the past, which has had a plan almost for every single day. In the past, I've been driving here for an hour and then driving back and then the next day getting in the car and driving somewhere else for an hour. And, and actually, what I'm thinking this year is um, I'm just going to do a day trip a week and the rest of the days might be more like play dates or more like, you know, more whole, not wholesome, but, you know, like back to basics a bit. Like, yeah. like you said, like, I, I actually don't think that back to basics includes going to the beach because that is quite an, you know, involved day out, but more like those sorts of things. So yeah. beach, parks, mm-hmm. um, forests, bike rides, um, picnics somewhere, you know, those sorts of things. So yeah. try to take a bit of pressure off myself this year because actually last year, honestly, I think I'm, and the last few years, I've spent a fortune on travelling. Mm. You know, and, and I know that everybody listening who knows what that I what I do for Wiki Places probably thinks, well, it's all right for you, you get lots of gifted stuff, and it is true. I'm very lucky. Get the, I do get admission to most of these places, but everybody knows that in and around your admission how much you spend on travel yeah. and food and, you know, while you're there. And in the past, I think it's just cost an absolute fortune. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, right, you know, be sensible. Maybe plan six things, one for each week. and That's a good strategy, I feel. More. Yeah. And I, well, I guess we're lucky locally because there is lots of nice parks and cycle routes and things. Mm. Um, so taking advantage of those and just taking a picnic, like you say. Kids no. love a picnic. Exactly. Yeah, so if anybody wants some ideas, please don't hesitate to, to go to... Well, obviously, you can DM me on um, at wikiplacesforkids underscore official, um, and I'm more than happy to help you with some ideas. I'm doing it now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am for some reason I'm, my head is so full today I'm like drawing a blank as to what I'm actually going to be doing in the holidays but um, when I sit down with my phone I'll be full of all the ideas um, and also the app and the website they're just full of ideas that aren't just mine they are it's all recommended by other parents who've actually been it's basically a hub for the word of mouth um, and a short list of the best places to go so there's two and a half thousand different recommendations of places on there all across the country um, and they even include beaches and parks and other things as well which are you know free so to speak um so it's not all about places that are going to cost an absolute fortune to go into um and you can also filter on age so you can find places that people believe are good for that age group so it makes it a lot easier well, that's what i love about it actually oh that's good thank you um right 
I want to go backwards and uh, talk about, um, you know, how you even started and, you know, your actually your corporate career. Um, mm. But I'm just very conscious of time. So we're going to go into the next song first and then um, give everybody a bit of a break from listening to me rattle on and uh, play Castle on the Hill. Yay. That's one of my favourites. Um, tell us about that one. This is just one of our favourite car tunes, me and the children. Um, singing it as we drive along. Oh my god, I love turning that one up really loud. Yeah, uh, me too. In really. fact, we had it on this morning on the way to school, Did so it uh, fits perfectly today. That's great. I love it. Um, so, becoming an author is that something that was since you were a child? Is that something you always had an ambition to do? Or yeah, well, I, I've got this very very clear memory of eight year old me at school, and um, one of the activities we did was write a story and illustrate it and the teacher sort of put it together as a book um and I always take it around with me when I do school visits because that genuinely was the moment where uh, I was like I want to do this when when I'm grown up um and that teacher I mean teachers make a big impact on your life don't they I'll never forget that teacher she loved books she loved reading and writing and I already did, but she just made it seem even more magical. Oh, um, I and love then that kind of teacher. You always remember. She's just amazing. Miss like Davis. Um, is Miss Davis still out there, do we I think? I don't know. I've tried to look for her before. Oh, um, if you're listening, Miss Davis, yeah, we love you. Please. Get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that was something then I always wrote, as, but more, more of a hobby. I always had a, My mum always jokes that I had a notebook everywhere we went and I was always writing. Um, but then I sort of grew up and did, you know, GCSEs and A-levels and um, went to university and studied business information systems. Oh, so I went down what? a very business route. I was going to ask you whether you did English. Or I, would have, I would have loved to, but I think at that time um, it was very much about going to university and then getting a job mm. that you were then going to do forever. Mm. Like we were still in that kind of mode. And... I didn't think that English would necessarily lead to a job. And, um, I mean, it worked. I did business and IT and I got a job straight away. And and maybe it was a good thing that it happened that way because I am quite business-minded as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as being quite creative. And I've sort of continued that as more of a hobby. Um, So then I went to go work for Mercedes-Benz in Milton Keynes. That's what brought me to Milton Keynes in the first place. Um, I did a year with them as part of my degree and then I went straight back once I'd graduated. Mm. So where did you grow up? Um, My dad was in the RAF, so I moved around uh, a fair bit as a child. Uh, I was born in Wales and when I was five, we went to Germany for five years, back to Wales for a little while before we then moved to Cambridgeshire. Um, that's where I was a teenager and I went from univer- to university from there and then in the meantime my mum and dad have moved again they're up in Lincoln right so um, Milton Keynes is the longest I've ever lived in one place so I do consider it to be home um, and I really love it here yeah and so 
what was happening with becoming an author at this time? So when you, obviously you went through uni, you studied business studies at MIT, and then you went and got a job at Mercedes-Benz. And so did you, had you almost forgotten about becoming a, was it, and it was always a children's author you were interested in? You know, yeah. Or, or did you think for, about writing outside? For some reason, it was always um, children's books. Mm. I think I've got a very strong child's voice in my mind for some oh. reason. Um, and although... Recently, I have got ambitions to write an adult novel as well. That's something that's on the plan for next year. Um, but yeah, it was always something that was in the back of my mind. And during that time, I probably wouldn't have even said it aloud to people. But I did um, always have my ideas. And I always I had, wrote little stories. Uh, it wasn't until I had my second child um, and I went back to work after maternity leave and back to Mercedes. Back to Mercedes. Um, but during the year that I'd had out, my job had changed. The one that I was doing, someone else was keeping. So I found myself in a position where I probably would have needed to look for another job there. But I also really wanted to do the writing thing at that point. And I decided that probably while my children were young, it was as good a time as any to just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started out actually as a children's storytelling um, group. So initially I shared my stories in, uh, it was called Telltale Tots. Yes, I remember. That's where I met you. Yes, of course. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I sort of toured around and went to different, did like little pop-up sessions in and around Milton Keynes. I came to Stony. Yeah. Uh, I did some birthday parties um, and it was activities centred around my story and the theme of the story. And we did like arts and crafts and storybook making and things like that. And mm. it was lots of fun. So did you give up your corporate career to just start Telltale Tots? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah. Did you start Telltale Tots as a side hustle at first or what happened? How did you make that break? Um, I just made, once I'd made my mind up that I wanted to leave, I left with nothing more than a notebook of ideas. Wow, that's so brave. <laughs> and about six weeks worth of money oh, to yeah. make something happen. Yeah. Um, and I did it and it was really great fun. And alongside that, then I published the first book. And once I decided to go more down the publishing route, then I did have to make a choice. And I decided to focus on the publishing for the time being, mm -hmm. with a view to coming back to doing Telltale Tots later. In fact, Telltale Tots is my publishing imprint name. Aww. So it's all kind of still part of the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I had big plans and, and still do have plans in the future to franchise it as a business as well and have the little storytelling sessions in more areas than here mm -hmm. um but that's something i'm gonna have to come back to in the future yeah that's amazing but it's funny because at the time when i had to make the choice i found that very very difficult yeah and i felt like i would i'd failed at one thing at that point in time um but i realize now in hindsight it was a natural kind of like evolution and mm. sometimes just going with it and 100% because also at some point you obviously were going to were going to have been hit by the lockdown and everything having to stop anyway so yeah how long what's what's the difference in you in time between you stopping the classes temporarily and yeah. and COVID actually ha ha sort of hitting like literally it, it overlapped completely yeah I was I was still planning to do more uh sessions more yeah. pop-up sessions and then Covid hit so that so, helped make the decision so some were cancelled um, yeah so sometimes I really believe that these things, situations are taken out of your hands and yeah um, and, and again you know I massively lean into how sort of my 
spirituality on this same sort of thing happened to me and I'm sure I've shared it but I got offered a job three weeks before the lockdown and at the time I was like I don't want that job because blah 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 you know I was like things were going really well with wiki I was working with some of the best clients I'd ever worked with I was working with Alton Towers and Bewilderwood and Diggerland and all the ones the big names that I really wanted to work with I had them as clients mm. so I felt like things were on an upward trajectory so when I got offered this job um which was just a three weeks at the time was kind of um, contract role I found it really inconvenient I was like oh you know how much and then I thought well do you know what actually I'll take it because um, that injection of cash is going to be really useful to me right now you know even though things were going well with wiki that it wasn't it, being a freelancer in that industry is quite lucrative and I was like do you know what that injection would be super so fine I'll figure it out and lo and behold, while I was in that three-week contract, the world went into lockdown, the UK went into lockdown. Um, and as I've said before, that basically closed my business overnight because yeah. while, while, while all the uh, attractions shut my business shut and therefore my revenue came to an absolute grinding halt but again I look back and I think wow what an absolute coincidence and like yeah. you know I do believe that there's another great man in charge um that's my my personal beliefs and I kind of think well someone up there is looking after me because that was handed to me and I do believe them same with you that you know lockdown came in and there was a natural so, somebody looking after you was kind of going you're yeah. not going to be able to to have this enormous success here in this hand if then if this doesn't you know mm. so this all kind of happened at like divine timing <laughs> it's I interesting think. isn't it and mm. I I'd never really experienced anything quite like that before because mm. I guess I'd probably played it safe in the past but I'm definitely now I, I say yes to everything now for yeah. that reason just to see because just to see what happens just to see what happens and if, so long as I haven't got anything to lose really I will just yeah. say so when you asked me to come on the radio I said a yes immediately yeah. before giving myself chance to talk myself out of things mm. you know and is that something you have a tendency to do if you let yourself if you let your mind come yeah, in play I, would, your... I probably would do yeah yeah so I just don't yeah now I just say yes it's and good. see what happens it's good it's default mm. um so you're now obviously fully established as an author and as we, we discussed at the beginning um the petal and the nettle uh, petal and nettle and the best story ever is currently um you're in the launch process so what does yeah. that mean what your, so your mid-launch so what does mid-launch actually look like so it should be out completely next week for everybody to buy um but i have got a launch team involved in helping me launch this book um current readers parents and children that have enjoyed my books previously um some of our lovely members yeah um and uh I, I think i've got about 65 which is a bit of a record Amazing. so so basically uh i engage all of those people in the launch process they get um an electronic version of the book ahead of everybody else and they help me by spreading the word once it comes out and writing um filling in a questionnaire just to give me some quotes and things that I can use in the marketing. And it's such a lovely and scary time mm -hmm. because up until today, the book is just mine. Once I put it out there, everybody, it's not mine anymore. Everybody gets to make their own opinion on it. So I've literally this morning sent that out to the group and next week the book will then be available in paperback form from Amazon. Amazing. So um, what you're saying is it's in my inbox? 
It's in your inbox. Oh, yay. Yeah. I haven't checked my emails this morning. I've been busy all, the, all day. That's excellent. Oh, so I'm going to read that to Lily this evening. Bedtime story sorted. Yay. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, and are, are you, have you got any in-person sort of meets and things for the launch? How's that going? I haven't, and I haven't arranged anything. I It's coming to the end of the school yes. term, so I haven't got any school things lined up. Um, but I am available to book from September, so if any teachers are getting organised... Probably not, probably just looking forward to the summer holidays. <laughs> um, but when you are, uh, September next year, I'll be taking some more bookings. Um, pretty much everything will be online. And that tends to be what I do these days. It seems to be the best use of my time. Yeah, I've done course. different events and sometimes you can stand there and nobody comes. Sometimes you can stand there and you have like a big long line of people. Mm. Um, and I just don't have the time necessarily to do lots of in-person things no absolutely i mean coming up you know we our priority role as mum comes yes. into place and we have to yeah the other hat goes on exactly yeah. the other witch's hat so talking of online um we were just talking about it briefly before but such a big thing now in the midst is obviously chat gpt um yeah. and i don't think any author has can escape like knowing what it is at least is um and for anybody that doesn't know what ChatGPT is, it's essentially um, an AI kind of. Uh, it's an AI platform out there that can self, like, that can write for you essentially if you put in the right prompts and um, kind of triggers. I suppose it can write things like email content or um, even sort of short stories and things like that. I'm really interested to chat to you about how you feel about ChatGPT. Chat yeah, it's interesting. It's a hot topic at the minute. Mm. I went to an author conference two or three weeks ago and it was one of the big uh, agenda points lots of people are worried about it having um i was a reasonably early ad- adopter of it just to play around with it and i find it quite useful for a number of tasks not writing my stories mm-hmm. <laughs> um so what might you use it for then um so i use it for as a sounding board um for ideas for character names for ideas for like alternate endings Mm. um as more of a line editor so uh to check whether i've got commas and things in the right place um that's interesting so say you wanted to ask it for character names what question might you actually say i would say something like so say for the fairies i would say something like can you come up with some ideas for names for flower and outdoor fairies and actually try and be as specific as you can be with the question i think that's the key yeah um and then if if it doesn't quite hit the mark then you can go back and say and be a bit more specific with it and yeah i've just played around with it in that sort of context yeah um when you say alternative story endings too so yeah so just to because i would obviously have an ending um but i might say something like how how could what else could happen here or um can you give me some other possible endings if this happens Mm -hmm. um so it's more just about using it as a sounding board Mm. um it's like a brainstorm session almost isn't it really yeah if you think of it that way and actually that puts a nicer positive spin on chat gpt which i can understand um why that might be a frightening thing for copywriters mainly i think possibly more so than authors um because copywriters are are a slightly different ilk you know and what what you're doing as a copywriter is slightly different um but yeah stories are so 
um, come like down to the beholder, aren't they? If you know what I mean. Like, yeah. In, and yes, you can get it to write a story, but I personally have asked ChatGPT to write some stories um, just out of interest for Wiki, like the Wiki family does this, and then they go to the zoo and da, da, and on, and like they were okay what they came yeah. out with, but it was just bog standard. There wasn't the magic is missing. I find at the moment, obviously they're becoming more human all the time. But yeah, um, and you know, my husband's really like, understands a lot about this sort of stuff, and he's used it. Um, a lot more and kind of played with it a lot more and so he would just say well you just need to be asking more of the right questions but mm. I don't know I, I think um, what I read back I just felt that it was lose, it lost some of its magic it lost I, I, I wanted I want stories to have a sort of a a deeper meaning so you kind of learn something you take some kind of moral learnings yeah. away whether that's about kindness or or strength or do you know what I mean like how to yeah you know, especially that's for children where it lacks yeah. I think it's very because there is a formula to a story obviously mm-hmm. there's a, a start middle and end and there's points in the story where there's conflict and resolution and things and most stories will follow that so technically speaking it can it could do that but it's very surface level and like you say, it won't give any depth to characters, you know, and it won't consistently give depth to a character. And um, also the very clever things that we authors might weave through a story will also be missing. It's very sort of surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's get getting cleverer all the time because mm-hmm. the more we put things in and exactly. ask the right questions, the more it's learning. Um so who knows where it goes but I sort of feel like we need to adopt it to understand that as well there's no good just ignoring it I Mm. I feel like we need to be playing with it and experimenting absolutely so do you have a a feeling for what the future holds with um chat gpt do you do you think I think undoubtedly right now there will be people using it to write stories and publish um, subpar books on Amazon and that Amazon will probably get flooded with lots of subpar books but what Amazon is very good at is only showing customers what they think they're going to be interested in buying so just because they're on there it doesn't mean that the customers are going to get bombarded with books and it doesn't mean they're going to sell mm. so I don't think that we have too much to worry about No, is there any? Are you aware of any titles at the moment that, are, that have that are completely jacked that, that someone has openly admitted to be no being not off the GPT top of my head i think um with children's picture books as well there's the whole illustration side of it and yeah. people are using ai to generate illustrations i think um that's you know that's a big thing as well in the illustration world yeah because it is essentially using and in, taking inspiration from work that's already out mm-hmm. there um, that's interesting do you work it. with um illustrators or do you illustrate yourself i work with illustrators yeah yeah and you, how do they feel about um collectively i because i'm on numerous facebook groups for independent yeah. authors and illustrators collectively i think there's a nervousness about it but how it works right now isn't good enough for no. children's books um and i think it's quite obvious when it's been when it, ai has been used mm-hmm. but again it is just going to get better and better so yeah. very interesting isn't it yeah okay we're going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to your fa- the final song that we're going to play today because we are slightly over time as always um so going straight into this I so why that song <laughs> um i'm probably a bit of a clubber at heart and um <laughs> i am not getting to go to my favorite place in the world ibiza this year with my friends 
Um, and I think that was a real tune of the summer. Was it last year or the year before? So I'm just, yeah, enjoying those vibes at the minute. Oh, definitely. It's a brilliant track. Absolutely brilliant. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's (laughs) been so lovely to chat. Thank you for repeating the first segment again (laughs) because I forgot to press go. Um, And thank you to uh, all the listeners um, that are still with us having heard the repeat. Um, It's been so great having you. I I love, your books are amazing. I can't wait to deep dive into the pestle and the nettle and the best story ever, which I'm going to do this evening with Lily. So thank you for letting me be part of that group that's so exciting um i just i love the success that you've had with the witch's hat and the cooking catastrophe and do you know what um i I haven't read that book so i can't believe it but i have got um the pirates tell me the pirate mouse pirate mouse i do have the pirate mouse which I thought was lovely. So I don't know what the issue is with that one. So I think everyone needs to give it another go. Um, but I, I'm great. I love that there's more coming in the Witch's Hat series too. So I'm going to get amongst that because I know that Lily's going to love it. So thank you again for coming on. How can people get hold of you and find you and, and, and maybe join some of these groups that you're going to be holding going forward? Probably the best place to find me is um, Instagram or Facebook. So I'm Kirsty with an IE, uh, Watson author, um if you type that in you should be able to find me on both the groups that i've got are facebook groups so if you find me on there then um you can join the group as well and um yeah if there's any budding authors out there um that need some help to get going you can find me there and i it's one of my favorite things to do so get in touch it's brilliant well done i think you're an inspiration i think that you know it's it feels like a a task that is almost insurmountable to to actually take an idea and and turn it into a book and you've proved that with some grit and determination and absolutely I mean a a shed load of talent as well um but that it is possible and um and I love that you're supporting other people on that journey thank you it's so nice of you to say and I think because I think self-publishing often gets a bit of a bad rep um and I was sort of quite determined from the beginning to only produce things that are top-notch you know really nice products that I can continue to sell uh, and I feel quite passionately about that and about changing the view of self-publishing. Mm, absolutely. Well, it's interesting. I think I, f- I feel. I mean, as someone not in the world, I don't see it as a. I don't see it as a negative thing at all. It almost feels like what online dating is to dating now you know it's almost like that is the norm and actually so many things that we do have moved online haven't they so I think it's commendable I think it's an excellent route to publishing Um, and actually there is still a massive element of skill in that isn't it you know setting up the KDP element and making sure that everything is dialed up and optimized it's it's not just a quick press go and it all goes amazing you you have to have that business brain and IT mind that you've you know obviously gathered along the way um, which to make all these things happen so you know I think it it's it's not just a you know a quick press and go is it so yeah absolutely well done yeah. you it's thank awesome you. and thank you for coming on <laughs> so um have a wonderful summer holidays thank and you you too if, if you have any more questions about festivals or anything please let me know uh, and every, to everybody that's listened and listening back um thank you so much for listening in i am Susie lodge uh, founder of the wiki places for kids platforms and the wiki mama network we are always accepting amazing fi- um, female founders into our group and it's growing rapidly so if you're interested in joining and being part of an amazing community that lifts you higher um, we're stronger together and um, we have some incredible talent in the group um, and some we're quite big hitters on the influencer world as well so we've all got quite um, uh, quite a lot of reach so it's, a, it's an amazing community to be part of so uh, please let me know if you want to join us and have a wonderful week and next week we'll be joined by Naomi from the Toy Box uh, charity and we're going to be talking all about everything that that incredible charity does um, 
for street children around the world and also about all the summer holidays things that we're going to have to fill our time with so i will be seeing you then have a wonderful week